Praise be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of everlasting glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Reclining at table with his disciples, Jesus was deeply troubled and testified, Amen, amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another at a loss as to who he meant. One of the disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter nodded to him to find out what Jesus meant. He leaned back against Jesus' chest and said to him, Master, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I hand the morsel after I have dipped it. So he dipped the morsel and took it and handed it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. After G Judas took the morsel, Satan entered him. So Jesus said to him, what you're going to do, do quickly. Now, none of those reclining at the table realized why he said this to him. Some thought that since Judas kept the, the common money purse, Jesus told him to buy whatever food they need for the festival or to give something to the poor. So Judas took the morsel and left at once. It was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is to be glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him at once. My children, I will not be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and I, as I told the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say it to you. Simon Peter said, Master, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said, Master, why can't I go with you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow before you have denied me three times. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we read the readings of Holy Week, we anticipate some of the events. So this, this happens at the Last Supper, but because the readings aren't long enough, any longer than they, they are recording the Last Supper, we, we read them partially during the week, during the weekday, say it's Tuesday. But still the sense is there, the full sense of why these readings are placed here is there. The sadness in Christ's heart, knowing that he's going to be betrayed, it's, it's beyond imagination. You can only really imagine it if you were betrayed by someone. And probably none of us were betrayed for a price. And he was betrayed for silver, 30 pieces of silver. And 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave in the time of Jesus. Or a lamb 
to bring to the sacrifice in the temple. It wasn't a lot of money, but it, that number hit the head. It really made a point that was selling off Jesus as a slave. Could you imagine his heart at the table with his friends and John leans back at him? He refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loved. And John leans back and says, who is it, Jesus? I, I don't know what nickname they would have given Jesus, but probably at that point, John would have said, hey, Jesus, who, who is it? What's going on? Because they were all confused. And he gave the indication. Now, when I hear this and read it, I go back in my mind to Jerusalem, where every meal had like hummus and probably other things too. And we were given pieces of bread, flat bread, that we tore apart and we dipped into the hummus, or we dipped it into one of the side dishes and then ate it. And I could see Jesus doing that, dipping it into something and handing it to Judas. I mean, he handed it to the other apostles later on, but this piece went to Judas to identify Judas for John. Judas took it, and he leaves. And John, the evangelist, writes something very simple. When he left, it was night, darkness. And the darkness of night held his soul, Judas's soul. To betray a friend, to betray someone who only did good and cured and hid healed. How sad that must have been for Jesus to know it. And of course, as the eyes of the apostles and disciples were opened, they all realized he was with us for three years. He walked around with us. He did all the things that we do. He, he, he profited from Jesus' wisdom as we did. And for 30 pieces of silver, you sell them to the enemy. It was necessary. We read from Isaiah before, and when the prophet Isaiah wrote what he wrote, he wasn't writing about Jesus, we know that. He could have been writing about a prophet, he could have been writing about the people of Israel, but there's no clear identification. So when the New Testament was being composed, the authors, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, went to Isaiah and the other prophets. And they realized, without their knowing it, they were writing about Jesus. The Holy Spirit had inspired them to write, and sometimes it seemed like poetry, and some, sometimes it seemed like a victory. But here, we hear tonight, today, Isaiah is saying that, realize, he's only inspired to say this he's not saying it's about this guy that guy or the people of israel he's inspired to say it is too little for you to be my servant to raise up the tribes of jerusalem and J jacob and restore the survivors i will make you a light to the nations what's he talking about well the evangelists took that very seriously the light to the nations, Jesus. Jesus himself called himself 
the Son of God, referred to Father as Father. And as they read into Isaiah and the other prophets, we realize they were talking about Jesus. They didn't know it, which is the Holy Spirit intervening in the author's minds. They were talking about Jesus as being the Son, not a servant, but the Son of God. They were talking about Jesus taking his place at the right side of the Father. But we, as let's put ourselves in the in the sandals of the apostles and the and the evangelists, we didn't know that. We read those scriptures in the synagogue, and it was normal to listen to them and say, eventually, someone will be a leader, or or the country will achieve victory. And then they realized after the resurrection of Jesus, that's all in reference to Jesus. How he fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament. How he became that man who was slaughtered, who was innocent. And you'll hear this on Good Friday. Specific sen sentences from Isaiah. And as you're hearing those, you realize they didn't know they were writing about Jesus, but you and I know. And we know who Jesus is. And again, my mind goes back to Jerusalem. We were only there a few weeks ago. And we went to the room that was called the upper room, and literally, it's upstairs. And it's, it was renovated through the Middle Ages by the, the Crusaders, but it's still the upper room. Down below is the cemetery of David, the tomb of David, King David. So we went to the upper room and we walked around. And as I'm li listening to this, my mind goes back to that, to the upper room in Jerusalem today, and how Jesus sat with you and me, just as we would sit down to eat, and he delivered himself to them, his, his apostles, and gave the mystery to his apostles. This is a week of sadness. And don't think about your own sadness. Think about the sadness that surrounds Jesus. We'll never know it completely. And his, Mary, his mother Mary and his apostles. The sadness that comes with betrayal and torture and spitting and denial. Even with Peter, his best friend, his supporter. Yay, Jesus, I'm with you forever. And Jesus says, oh, you silly, silly guy. Before dawn, before the cock crows, you will say you don't know me. Could you imagine how that affected Jesus' heart to say that? How it affected Jesus to hand that morsel of food to Judas? How it affected Jesus to have John put his head on his bosom because they sat on the floor around the table, not Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper. Typically, they were set on a low table and on the floor. And as his friend that he's known for years puts his head on his chest and says, Jesus, who is it? They couldn't believe it. And not until Judas hangs himself did they believe it, that he was the one who betrayed our Messiah. So it's a sad week. Take a prayer during the day, any moment, and just ask Jesus to give you the strength 
to bear what he bore and give you the strength to experience in your own lives his sadness. It leads to the glory of the resurrection. Don't forget that. But in the meantime, let's walk with him and try to wipe the tears from his mother's eyes and try to wipe the sweat off his brow and try to lift the cross to help him in each other. That's where he is now, in one another. We follow Jesus this week.